It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder get a statement win against the Boston Celtics without SGA. The Thunder have a historic night offensively led by Josh Giddy. Five players with 20 points. How did the Thunder pull off this stunner against the Boston Celtics? We'll talk about it today on Locked on Thunder. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team... Every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by BetOnline, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder. Absolutely embarrassing. The Boston Celtics without SGA. Josh Giddy plays great. A franchise record in points scored, and five players in with 20 points in this game. I get What happened in this game was incredible. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this year with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's start with our game overview. So it was announced pregame that SGA would be out with a sickness, non-COVID-related, just a sickness that happened late, 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 late in the afternoon for the Thunder. And that was deflating news for a Thunder team that's without Chet Holmgren, without Jeremiah Robinson Earl, without Pokashevsky, without Usman Jang, without Eugenio Marui, who has back spasms now in the G League, and they couldn't have played Lindy because he just dropped 30 points in the G League. What were they going to do? They start a, a starting five of Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Aaron Wiggins, Jalen Williams, and uh, Kenny Hustle. And they're coming off of two straight losses. It felt like the slide was starting for the team record-wise. They had back-to-back games of giving up 66 points in the paint in the last two games, and it looked like there's really going to be no turnaround to, to, to gain any rim deterrent down low because they're just simply not healthy right now. They're too injured. And without SGA, what offense would they have? Not to mention, this is the front end of a home road back-to-back, which will see the Thunder land in Orlando at about 3 a.m. So the Thunder really come in after the after the Mark press conference and it feels like it's over before it started. But not this Thunder team. They delivered the first strike. They delivered the first blow in this game. They start up up seven points. And, you know, it was not comfortable because the Thunder, even though they were up seven points, you know, at the first time out, they made some mistakes. They blew a layup. They had some turnovers, and it felt like Boston would start to click eventually because they just missed wide-open corner threes. And then Boston does make a run, and it's only a one-point game OKC's favor after one quarter. 
But then in the second quarter, the Thunder pull away, and they just deliver that blow with energy, with their pace, with their effort. They finally ran with that pace and played up-tempo and played fast and used their athletes, used their multiple ball handlers, played in the passing lanes that they've been preaching that they would do for three years, and they finally did it. And that comes with the roster starting to to turn around. That comes with the Thunder talent level rising to a point that even without SGA, you cannot relax. You cannot sleepwalk. Look how many guys on this roster stepped up and look at who stepped up. These are not random players who are just patchwork together. These are all players who stepped up today and got you the win that you expect to be in Bricktown the next time that you're playing a playoff game. That's the biggest kicker. That's the statement that the Thunder talent level, even without SGA on the floor, has risen to a point where you still have to bring your best shot to beat them. Because the Thunder the last couple of years were a scrappy team. They could surprise you. They wouldn't roll over. But in games where they didn't have SGA, that's when you saw them start to fall apart. In this game, no SGA and the Thunder are up on the championship favorites and contenders, Boston Celtics, at halftime up 74 to 54. They scored a franchise record 48 points in the third quarter. They had a 37-point lead at one point, the largest this season. They end up with 150 points, the the most points scored in Thunder history in a single game, a franchise that had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, you know the names, and didn't have SGA today. This is the second most points the Celtics have ever allowed in their long, long, long history. Five players that scored 20 or more points, second uh, time for the Thunder, you know, in Thunder history as that's happened. They improved the 7-0 with Wiggins in the starting lineup, and Wiggins played great today. The Thunder executed. They made a statement. 20 made threes on 50% shooting. Boston only made 12 threes on 30%. 11 lead changes, six times tied. The Thunder won the battle of the rebounds, 44-38. The Thunder forced 17 turnovers. The Celtics gave the ball away 17 times. They missed their threes. They gave away the ball 17 times. And then they missed a few free throws uh, that, that were critical in terms of if you wanted to start chipping away. The Thunder dominate the paint. Now remember, back-to-back games of giving up 66 points in the paint. The Thunder delivers 70 points in the paint without SGA, their best paint score without a big man on this roster. With Kendrick Williams playing center, the Thunder in the paint scored 70 points. They won this game 70-46 to in the paint. They won second chance points. They won fast break points. They were fighting for loose balls, fighting for rebounds. The Celtics shot 45-30-80. The Thunder shot 59 uh, 50 and 63, which the Thunder really shooting 60% from the floor and 50% from three before the end of the game got kind of wacky and there was a few Paisley misses down the stretch. But this team delivered a message to the NBA world of just how deep and how fun and how young this team is. They did this without their best player in SGA. They did this without their second best player in Chet Holmgren, arguably. You know, second or third, everyone to put him in there with Giddy. They didn't have Jeremiah Robson, a key contributor. They didn't have Poku, who's turned into a key contributor in this in this season. They didn't have their lottery pick in Jay, uh, in uh, Usman Jang. And yet they put up a historic amount of points. Because it was Josh Giddy elevating his game. 
It was this scrappy signing of Isaiah Joe, who is still young, 23, can fit the timeline, going off for 17 points in the second quarter. It was Trey Mann, your first-round pick, looking like he's back. It was Jalen Williams, your lottery pick, scoring 21 points. Like, this game was huge for the Thunder. I haven't seen somebody get embarrassed this way since I listened to the song The Rain by Orange Juice Jones in the last, like, two minutes of it. Like, this this was embarrassing for Boston. And the embarrassing part for Boston is there was nothing that happened that was wild. You know, Memphis loses to the Thunder when the Thunder don't have Josh Giddey and SGA, right? But John Morant got ejected in the first quarter. And so if you're Memphis, you shrug your shoulders and say, okay, you know, we, we lost our guy, emotions ran high, we didn't really, we weren't really in it. But for Boston... Like, this game mattered. And their idea should have been, and I think it was their idea, to come in, get up early. The Thunder don't have SGA. They're going to fold. And then you coast and you and you open up a tougher stretch of your schedule where you're going to go to Dallas uh, on, on Thursday. You're going to eventually go and play Chicago. You're going to go and play um, the Pelicans, the Nets, like two incredibly tough teams to play. This was the one that you wanted back if you're Boston. And you just didn't show up in you know one regard, but it was a lot of the Thunder just forcing turnovers, 17 of them, the Celtics missing their shots, and nobody stepping up. Jason Tatum put up 27 points on 53% from the floor. Jalen Brown put up 29 points on 61% from the floor. Nobody else played well. Nobody else played well. Even Brogdon, who had 17. He, he got 17 on 33% shooting. You know, Peyton Pritchard played all right. 17 points on 53% shooting is good, obviously. That's really good for him, so he played good. But you had three guys play well. The Thunder took away everything else. They understood, hey, no one can stop Jason Tatum. He's an MVP caliber guy for a reason. Hey, nobody can stop Jalen Brown. He's an all-star, superstar caliber guy for a reason. They can beat us. But holding Al Horford to one of three shooting when you don't have a big man should embarrass Al Horford and the Boston Celtics. Grant Williams goes 0 for 1. Nobody plays well for Boston. But that was all thunder-induced. It wasn't as though... The Celtics didn't have their best effort from their stars. Their stars were trying hard. Their stars were getting in ones. Their stars were making plays. And if your stars are trying hard, your role players better be trying hard. So they can say all the excuses that they want to, that they overlook the Thunder, you know, because they didn't have SGA today. But they also didn't have Chet Holmgren. They also didn't have their two best rotational pieces in Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Poku. And you still not only got beat, you got embarrassed. You got drummed. You give 150 points. This game obviously got away from the Celtics. And, you know, some of this, of course, is outlier stuff. But there wasn't a single point in this game where the Celtics outplayed the Thunder. Even when it was a one-point game in the first quarter. At the end of the first quarter, one-point game. It felt like the Thunder... We're in the same boat as the Celtics thought. Hey, you know, we, we we messed up a few fast breaks. We we turned the ball over a few times. We missed a few free throws. Like we, we should be leading by more than just one point. And for the Celtics, they felt like, hey, you know, we should be winning this game right now. But they weren't. And the Thunder were. 
And so the Thunder now go from this scrappy team when SGA plays where they can fight you tooth and nail to a team that can fight you tooth and nail without SGA. And then whenever you bring SGA back, they can become a very scary team, a very fun team, a very competent and, 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 and winning team. Like today's game is the biggest statement of this rebuild will work. This rebuild will work because imagine how much easier the life of Josh Giddy gets. Imagine how much easier the life of Trey Mann gets. Imagine how much easier the life of Jaden Williams gets when you add back SGA, when you add back Chet Holmgren. Those guys don't hurt the cause. They help the cause. This is what they're capable of. And it's not going to go this way every single night. A lot of that is shot making, which can be random at times. The ball goes halfway in the hoop and, and rims out, whatever. But a lot of it was just the Thunder playing the way that they've preached to you that they want to play. Since Mark was hired, he's preached to you, we want to play fast, we want to play athletic, we want to get the passing lanes, we want to have ball handlers at every position, we want to run in transition. He's been preaching at that, preaching at that, preaching at that, and you finally, finally, finally saw it. And once you saw it on display, it worked to perfection, and you ran last year's Eastern Conference champions out of the gym. Out of the gym. This was a statement win for the Thunder. We'll talk about individual performances coming up, such as Josh Giddy just being absolutely electric, stepping up in SGA's absence. But first, I'm going to tell you right now, my good friends over at BetOnline, folks. BetOnline is the best place to get latest odds, news, and scores around the internet. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can go there right now for the latest odds on college football, college basketball, NFL, NBA, World Cup stuff, World, uh, World Baseball Classic stuff as well, uh, NHL, everything that you love, you can find at Bet Online. Head there right now, Bet Online, where the game starts. My favorite thing to look at at Bet Online is not even just necessarily the game stuff, which the Thunder did cover the spread today, which was, which was around seven points, but it's really the awards, like who they think will win all these awards. For example, SGA is the leader in the clubhouse to win the Most Improved Player Award, which I find very interesting because Vegas oftentimes knows what they're doing. If you know what you're doing, you're going to go to betonline.net. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for joining us on Locked On Thunder. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And let's talk Josh Kitty. What a game he had. He was hitting elbow jumpers off the dribble. He was attacking downhill aggressively, forcing mismatches, exposing smaller players on him, using his body to shield himself from defenders and bump them off their spot so he could get to his. 25 points a season high, five rebounds, five assists. In the third quarter, Josh Giddy had 17 points with only two missed shots, one from inside the arc and one from outside. In that third quarter, you know, he was electric with three assists and a steal and two rebounds. Coming off of his best month ever, Josh Giddy put this together. Running in, running in transition to me is good for Josh Giddy. And his future is beyond bright. 
Josh Giddy deserves a lot of flowers for somebody who is has been unfairly criticized this season. And I've been telling you that. I've been telling you that since the season started. That the, the, that the sophomore slump stuff was unfair. That you know you got to give him time. And more importantly, I've been telling you how silly it is to throw around that stat of you know the Thunder are seven and zero without Josh Giddy. Okay, well they're one and zero without without Shea in the month of January. Like you can. You can cherry-pick stats any way that you want to. The bottom line is the Thunder are good with SGA. They're good with Josh Giddy. Those two guys are playing their best basketball together the last month. Together. Josh Giddy is, what, 84 games into his NBA career? Most of those games played without Shea because of injuries. And yet you still want to cast that duo? Great players figure it out. They figure it out. And... So far this season, you've seen in December that they figured it out. They're going to have to do it again next year because the next year you're going to add in Chet Holmgren. You might add in another highly, highly, highly talented prospect. But Josh Giddy and SGA, the play styles that they can play in, the different usages that they can have, make them chameleons where they can just kind of you know, change their spots, so to say, whatever chameleons do, to fit in and to camouflage themselves into the offense and into the team and complement each other very well. And so Josh Giddy had to step up tonight. He played in SGA's rotational spot, and he extended the third-quarter lead in which he just didn't need to come back in again, like in which he was out of hand for the Celtics at the end of the third. And I think that that's also a big storyline. Yeah, the Thunder have been great in the third quarter all season long. That's all been coming from behind. In this game... You felt like the game was in hand at a 20-point lead at halftime, and yet still, the Thunder had their best quarter in the, th- in the third quarter. They scored their most points in the third quarter. They extended the lead in the third quarter. They played their best defense in the third quarter. They scored, the, obviously, you know, 48 points in the third quarter. Like, they had their best quarter steal in the third, even though they were playing great all game long. They did not let the foot off the gas. And if that's what this is going to be, again, one game, but if that's what it's going to be, if you don't have to worry about the Thunder letting the foot of the gas whenever they're coached by Mark Dagnall and in the third quarter, they play this way, even up 20. There's going to be some fun times rolling in Oklahoma City very, very soon. Very soon. Isaiah Joe, 17 first half points all in the second quarter. 21 points overall, 3 for uh, 7 from 3, 61% from the floor, a massive and one poster dunk. Comes into the game and immediately scores at all three levels. Boom, boom, boom. A three-pointer. Scoring at the rim on the given go. A spinning fadeaway mid-range jumper that looked crazy, but it somehow went in. He played aggressive tonight. He played confident. He was having heat checks trying that contested step back over Jason Tatum. But it, everyone rose to the occasion. The Thunder knew, okay, where's the offense coming from without Shea? We've all got to pitch in. We've all got to contribute. Okay, you, you can no longer just do your job. You've got to help do someone else's job. And they all did that. They all collectively found a way to patchwork in SGA's 30 points. Plus, sticking with their own averages. Joe played bigger than he is with those four rebounds and deflections and tap out to help out get the long rebounds. The transition three that he hit was electric. He gets the flyby three because defense have to close out so hard on him, which with improved rim finishing as the season goes on, you can see that really be a benefit for him at all three levels. Isaiah Joe is awesome. Just awesome. Trey Mann. 
He's back. Folks, Treyman is back. I've been telling you since he came back from the G League, the rim finishing is there. The rim finishing is back. He needs to settle in from beyond the arc. Well, folks, he made 71% of his shots from the floor. And his only misses were from beyond the arc. But beyond the arc, he was 5 for 8, hitting step back threes, stepping into threes with confidence, and playing defense. Yeah, Trey Mann played defense. Got a steal that led to a slam dunk on his way to three steals total and two blocks. Three steals and two blocks for Trey Mann. What a game that was for him, including hitting some very, very deep threes. Then you have Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, the lottery pick. 21 points, six assists, three rebounds, four steals. Jalen Williams can play defense. Like that, there's no way that that size, that length, that athleticism cannot play defense. And the numbers are going to be a bit skewed because he's a rookie and rookies struggle on the end of the floor. But eventually, with a with a organization that prides itself on defense, that prides itself on developing defenders, and a player who wants to be the best he can be and, and, and wants to learn those things and has the physical traits and tools to be a good defender, there's just no way that Jalen Williams is not going to be a good defender. Like He's going to be a good defender. And you see him get four steals here. He's had three steals before. Like he, He's been playing those passing lanes. He shot 55% from the floor, only missed four shots, from, uh, but they were you know, all from three, over uh, four from three, and four inside the arc uh, as well. So he missed eight shots and four were out, outside the arc. The, the thing that excites you the most about Jalen Williams is he has all-star potential. And again, to clarify, if this team and when this team hits their stride, they're going to have SJ as an all-star. They're likely going to have Chet Holmgren as an all-star, obviously. Whoever you draft in the 23 draft will have a good case for it. Josh Giddy will have a good case for it. J-Dub will have a good case for it. You're not going to get four all-stars. But caliber of player will be certainly an all-star caliber for J-Dub. And one of the biggest attributes of his game, one of the biggest contributions for him as a rookie is how much energy he provides, diving for loose balls, getting long rebounds, spinning through the lane, dunking the basketball with an exclamation point poster. And those plays just excite the entire team. It excites the crowd. It gives you momentum. When the crowd's into it, we've seen how that changes the complexity of a game. When the bench is into it, we've seen how that changes the game. Like the, the energy giving plays are huge for Jalen Williams. He's also extremely good at attacking closeouts. Like when, whenever whenever somebody's kind of trying to bail down and close out on him, he can just go right around them and get to the rim and score. And that will become even more lethal as that three point shot goes down. I know it has not this year as a rookie. I I it would be willing to bet a lot of money that Jalen Williams will eventually become a good three point shooter in the NBA. And when that happens, and you can score at all three levels, good luck defending him. Just good luck. Second game of his career with 20-plus points. Trey Mann said after the game that he should have a 90-plus dunk rating in 2K, which I agree with. I think that the, the, the dunks are electric. I, I, I don't think that he's going to get a 90-plus rating in 2K, but it is a funny statement from Trey Mann. And then the NBA also acknowledged him as the Western Conference Player of the Month nominee. Uh, you can make the argument that he should have won it. However, what I would say is, you know, Josh Giddy was a repeat winner last year over and over and over again. He won every single war that he was you know eligible for in the Western Conference. But he blew everyone out of the water. Like, like, the, like the numbers and the comparisons weren't even close. If it's close, like it was between J-Dub and Keegan Murray, 
they're not going to go repeat. They're going to give someone else some shine, some recognition, you know, some praise. And so I think that that's what happened here with Keegan Murray and J-Dub. We'll talk Kenny Hustle. We'll talk Jalen Williams out of Arkansas, Darius Baisley, and wrap up this game as well, all coming up on the Lockdown Thunder broadcast. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Check out the Game to Game Podcast for a recap of every single NBA game from the night before. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode of Lockdown Thunder. And in this game, Kenny Hustle just really set the tone. You know, his stat line is not going to be the flashiest, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal. But that first quarter edge he brought while playing center while battling down low, there was a there was a possession which he created three offensive opportunities. In, in the first quarter, first two minutes of the game, he created you three offensive chances. He had the steal. He played aggressive. He played, um, you know, scrappy, and that made everyone else play to his level, play to his standard as the veteran on the team. Also, Jay Will, out of Arkansas. Just best NBA game by far from him. 16 minutes of play. 8 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. He had a beautiful high post pass to a cutting J-Dub for a layup. Also had a nice assist to Isaiah Joe on the give and go for Joe uh, to, to dunk it. Now, this is what I'm talking about. These next two assists. You can go to NBA.com and go to the box score and you can watch these two assists. So the Isaiah Joe one, it's a give and go where Joe you know, gives the ball to Jay Will. Jay Will uses his body, bumps Joe's defender with his body, which creates just enough separation to give the ball back to Joe for an open look at the rim. And then with J-Dub, J-Dub gives the ball at the elbow to Jay Will. J-Dub then cuts down the lane. And as he pivots to flip the ball back on a handoff to uh, J-Dub, he pivots and walls off and seals off two defenders, two of them to free up the lane for J.W. to go slam. Whenever I've been telling you the last week, ever since these injuries happened, that Jay Will can do it. He is great with body positioning. He's great helping this team get spacing. He, he has been better shooting the three in the G League of, of recent stretch. This is what I mean. I've been telling you, it's it comes down to comfortability. And I think that you saw him get comfortable in this game. He knocked down that three offensively on an offline pass from Isaiah Joe. Still knocked it down, though, in rhythm. Defensively, it was impressive. Like, there was a play where he was playing drop the whole way and then sprinted out to contest a three, uh, recovering on the pick and pop instead of a roll whenever he's playing drop coverage. That shows a great athleticism for him in length. Uh, and then, just want to take a brief second and talk about how cool it is that Isaiah Joe and Jalen Williams out of Arkansas were high school teammates. And then both, of course, played at the University of Arkansas, but high school teammates and now they're sharing an NBA floor together and they're cruising to the win against the championship contenders and they both played a really good game. Like, that's awesome. That's awesome stuff. Now, everything went right for OKC except for Darius Baisley. And if you listen to this podcast for a long time, you know I am the biggest Darius Baisley fan out there, period. But the writing's on the wall for Baisley. And I've been saying this uh, for the last month now. A negative seven in this game one for three, shooting, a turnover, a foul, did have an assist, did have a rebound. 
but played eight minutes in a game in which the Thunder controlled it the entire way and they lacked size. He played eight minutes. He got into the first quarter, did not make an impact, got pulled out of way, then got into garbage time and just was a disaster. Like in garbage time, it it looked like he said, okay, I'm finally back in the game. The game's over with. It's my turn. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go try to cook. And he burnt the house down. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I think that the Baisley experiment in OKC should be over for Baisley's sake. I think that Darius Basley is a good NBA player. I think it'll be a, 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 I should say, I think it'll be a contributing role player in the NBA because he can defend at such a high level and defend at such a high level one through five. I think that there's a beautiful role for him in the NBA as a big man where he is just setting screens and rolling, rolling to the rim. where He's just cutting back door, which is the one make he had all night when he was cutting back door and had a massive slam. When he's more active in that, in that pick and roll game and sitting in the dunker spot and cutting. When he does those things, he plays well offensively. When he plays well offensively, you can keep him on the, keep him on the floor because he plays really good defense on superstars. But for whatever reason, that does not happen consistently in OKC, no matter if that's the Thunder's fault for not putting him in that position, if that's Baisley's fault for not wanting to accept that role. Whatever it is, it's not working. Whatever it is, it's not working. And I think it's just time to move on. Now, a trade could simply look like getting back a top 55 protected pick. Heck, it would even make sense for both sides to consider parting ways whenever Basley's only owed $4.2 million. And for the Thunder, you get a roster spot. You, know, you can bring someone in if you want to. For Basley, you get, you get to go pick your new team. I don't think that that will happen. I think that the most realistic option is still... Um, uh, a Hamadou Diallo type of swap where you just get back somebody like Stephen McKay-Luke and call it a day, and eventually at the offseason you lose that guy too. Uh, the second most likely spot is that he just sits here for the entire season, and then he's not back in the offseason. And the third would be just kind of a weird wave-slash-buyout thing, which I don't think will happen. But nonetheless, just as I'm willing to bet a large sum of money on Jalen Williams, I'm willing to bet a large sum of money that Baisley will not be in OKC next year. It just does not seem like it's there for him in the cards. And for him, that can be a great thing because I still believe in his skill set. I still believe in his talent level that he can be a good NBA player. The bet of the day was OKC plus seven that cashed in. MVP of the game was Josh Giddy. Thursday, we're going to have a magic recap podcast. Friday, a mailbag podcast. Saturday, a recap podcast of the Wizards game. And then Monday, a recap podcast of the Mavericks game. And then we'll, of course, hear for you five days a week, plus after every single game. So make sure you subscribe on all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 